You are listening to a preview of a patron-exclusive episode of Retronauts. If you enjoy what you hear here, you can listen to the whole thing by going to patreon.com retronauts and subscribing to our Patreon at the $5 a month or higher level. In addition to this episode, you'll also get access to a backlog of episodes stretching back bi-weekly for three years, plus Discord access and mini-podcasts and columns by Diamond Fight. It's a lot of value for your money, so... Enjoy the music and head over to patreon.com slash retronauts. All right, one last stop off for Ship to Shore Phono with Suikoden. This is one of the all-time great, well, I wouldn't say it's one of the all-time great RPGs. It's a little slight, and it's kind of like a prologue to the to one of the real great RPGs of all time, which was Suikoden 2. But we're just going to talk about Suikoden 1, or Genso Suikoden, if you're nasty. The soundtrack, I think, actually punches above the game's weight class. It's one of those cases where... Uh, the game is pretty good. It has a lot of good ideas. Uh, it's very breezy, but the soundtrack is just so, so much better than the actual RPG itself uh, that, you know, it just, it really elevates the material. This game has that distinctly mid-1990s Konami sound that you get in games like Police Knots and Vandal Hearts. It's, um, there's a lot of reverb, but there's just something very distinct about the instrumentation that the composers used. The composers being Konami Kukea Club, the mysterious uh, entity that seems to have composed all of Konami's music. I believe the original Suikoden soundtrack came out as two CDs, if I'm remembering right. I seem to remember I owned it, and I seem to remember it coming in an oversized jewel case, kind of chunky, a chunky boy. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it had two discs. Uh, that's been compacted down to two LP discs here, which means there have been some excisions and edits and removals. And uh, I would say that works all for the best. Um, some of the, the tracks that still remain can be a little bit grating in places. Um, there's a lot of that kind of really, really almost aggressive brightness that you get when uh, JRPGs are trying to be upbeat or saying hey here's a here's a fun cool town for you to explore and you know it's just it's a little much uh so i'm not going to play those tracks here uh just saying that if you listen to this on lp you can't hit track skip uh so you kind of have to grit your teeth and suffer through them but really the worst of them are uh beautiful golden city which is okay it's just a little a little much that early in the soundtrack and the uh, the narcissists, the theme of um, Scarletica Castle, which uh, is supposed to be, I guess, like a, a deadly version of Versailles. 
and yet the music kind of sounds like uh, you know what you'd hear on a gondola in in Venice. So uh, getting some some European references muddled, but I guess you know it's kind of it kind of embodies the spirit of Suikoden, which is a sort of pan-European fantasy. Anyway, uh, all I'm saying is that Suikoden embodies the quintessential tension of Japanese RPG soundtracks from this era, with incredible symphonic and progressive rock influences combined with some really annoying, strident, upbeat tracks. What can you do? I mean, the game starts with Into a World of Illusion, the, the sort of main theme that plays over the credits, or not the credits, but the, uh, the attract mode, as it were, and it's phenomenal, just a... Uh, uh, one of the one of the great pieces, you know, uplifting video game RPG introductory themes, right up there with Chrono Crosses. And I will say that whoever arranged and mastered this album did put the absolutely ridiculous Joy Joy time at the end of side one. So if you find it annoying, which you probably will, you can very easily lift the needle and not miss anything else. But, you know, moving on to side two, tracks like Distant Mountain and Eternal Flow make up for the more annoying tracks. They're just uh, grand and majestic. And the further you get into the soundtrack, the more you see some good compositions and, and I think musical instincts sort of muting the, the worst impulses and worst tendencies of, of RPG composers. Um, where a lot of town themes can be very, very, you know, in your face way too happy, way too bright, 
Trex and Suikoden, like A Peaceful People and Call of the Sea, um, really stand out because they're reminiscent of sea shanties, which can be uh, a little bit annoying to listen to if you're not a drunk sailor. But here they have a subdued, uh, almost Middle Eastern or Mediterranean quality that keeps them from wearing out their welcome. And the, I, I appreciate the fact that there's a bit of structure to this album. Um, the, the first is kind of, you know, it, it's, it's set up uh, for the game, for the story. Disc two shifts into, um, it's really focused on battle theme. You have the, uh, the army battle theme, the solo battle theme, and ultimately it builds up to the invasion of Necklord's castle, although you don't get his battle theme until Suikoden 2. Inside 4 uh, takes us to the coalition of the army and the preparation for the final attack on uh, the, the emperor's castle, and it provides an emotional high point in the track Moonlit Night, which calls back to the main theme, and then ultimately ends with the final battle, Strongest Foe, which uh, is a battle theme that reprises earlier battle themes, adding more layers and a greater kind of like a sound stage. It feels a little airier, like there's more, there's just more space between some of the the passages. It's not as bombastic as most uh, JRPG final battle themes go. And I, I feel like that fits the nature of the fight itself. You're not fighting against a god or you know, some all-powerful entity. You're fighting against a good man who fell under the wrong influences, and he has access to powerful magic, but not so much that, you know, it seems unreasonable that six dudes could take him down, or six guys and ladies, or a dude and five squirrels. So that leads into the phenomenal final pair of tracks, Requiem and Adoterniero Antes Lanzmao. Uh, Requiem is a is a kind of you know, it's a, it's a pretty emotional piece, but then it, it segues into Adrigenero Antes Nansmao, and I probably mispronounced that because it's Portuguese and I don't speak it. Um, but, you know, back in the 90s, everyone loved to have their vocal themes at the end of a game. You know, you had Castlevania Symphony of the Night, I Am the Wind, things like that. And usually they were pretty bad. But in this case the vocals have a very minimal part in the track and serve as the, the, the climax of it. This track plays over kind of a recap of the team that you've built and kind of showing, you know, what's happened now that you've completed the game and, and overthrown, you know, deposed the uh, emperor who has taken a turn for the evil. But it, it builds and builds until it finally culminates in this uh, beautiful choral piece that almost, there's, there's something about the quality of the recording that, that kind of sounds like, you know, a Disney film from the 50s or 60s, that kind of chorus quality to it. And it's just so unique among games, really. Uh, the, the vibe and the style and the, just the emotional catharsis of it, that it really... Like you hear that and you just want to either replay the game or jump right into Suikoden 2. It's one of those that just ends it so well. And it, it loses none of its power on this LP, despite, you know, obviously not having the game visuals or the game experience attached to it. <laughs> 